river's full of hope. I've got the urge to walk the prairie and chase the antelope. Aspen's gold on snow-capped peaks, the elk call me away. I can't keep my mind on working on this fine September day. I've got Nimrod neurosis, longbows on the brain. I'm a downdoor junkie. We're back, TradQuest Podcast. What's going on, Bob the Bow Hunter? Not much. We uh, survived Christmas. That's good. Oh man, survived Christmas. I survived a my daughter's thirteen-year-old birthday party with massive amounts of teenage girls in my house for nearly twenty-four hours. <laughs> uh, but that was a long night. Oh man, I got a nap. I don't usually take naps, but I took one today. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, the holidays are are uh, in full swing. A couple days after Christmas here, and uh, we promised you guys we'd give away our bare black beauty. And so uh, we want to thank all our Patreon guys out there that are supporting us, helping keep the lights on with the podcast, keep us going and going and going. So we appreciate it, and thank Bear Archery and Great Northern for donating some stuff for us to give away and the winner of the bow is um Jacob Andreessen from Washington. Yes. Congratulations, Jacob. Thanks for the support, Jacob. We appreciate it. We'll uh get your address and we'll shoot that bow off to you this week. Enjoy, send us pictures. And if you guys uh want to help Trad Quest podcast out. Get on our Patreon page and uh, sign up. It's super easy. Anything helps. Buy one less cup of Starbucks this month and help us out. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, you guys. We definitely appreciate it. And if you guys are a uh, in the traditional archery community and are building strings or bows or arrows or t-shirts or whatever you guys are into um we'd love to uh help uh plug your guys's company if you guys want to send a donation for us to give away to the guys that support us um it's a great little system we've come up with and uh, we do appreciate all the companies that have uh reached out to us and donated to us this far so from uh bob and I, we thank you, and uh, we're excited to keep doing this thing in 2020. You betcha. And speaking of other things we're excited about, we got coming up, the Traditional Archers of Oregon, we got our banquet coming up at the end of, well, I guess it's the first day of February, so about a month away. So if you guys are around here, got some good seminars lined up, good guest speaker, uh, go to tradarcheryoregon.com. Yeah, we got to register. We, we're in the modern world finally, and you can register online for our banquet. So we'll be down there. Who do we got as a speaker, James? Bill McConnell. Yeah, if you guys haven't listened to Bill on our podcast, I don't know what episode it is. I'd have to go back, but it's probably 20 episodes ago or something. He's an absolute stud, primitive, hunts with rocks and sticks and he is he's is, he's going to be entertaining that's for sure he's also doing a seminar during the day on saturday on tracking which i'm excited about so yeah if you guys are around get on down there support traditional archers of oregon the following weekend after that is the idaho traditional bow hunters banquet it's over in nampa idaho 
You can get on their website and get more information about that. Larry Jones is going to be their guest speaker, which should be epic. So, Yeah, going back to ours, um, it was episode 80 that Bill McConnell did um, with us, and that was a really good episode, Primitive Bow Hunting and Woodsmanship Skills. And he is a resident of Montana, and we're flying him out to be our guest speaker, and he's going to be a great dude to get to hang out with and listen and speak. So like Bob said, if you're in Oregon or Washington or Idaho or wherever you want to make the trip, um, come hang out with us. We're going to have a, a really good time that weekend. Um, so we look forward to seeing anyone that can make it. Um, I, some trad quest shirts and hats there for sale. Yeah. Shirts, hats, and we got hoodie sweatshirts. Yeah. So. Sweatshirts. So yeah. yeah, come down and see us. Be good times. What else we got going on, James? Oh, um, looking forward to uh, a couple of the shoots. I know those are a ways out, but I'm looking forward to some of the shoots this year and looking forward to, uh, you know, going through the whole draw system again. And it's always exciting. And I don't know, I've been thinking about trying to wrangling you into a possible pig hunt down south. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but it's kind of been on my mind and uh, it's exciting. It's turning over uh, a new year and uh, yeah, I, we've tag, got tag application season is uh, upon us. So it's time to start researching next year and making plans. So that's always yeah, exciting. I'm planning on uh, doing, taking advantage of our traditional archery hunts here in Oregon this year, hoping to draw that new uh, North Fork of the John Day Wilderness uh, Archery Elk Extension that we uh, just got uh, put into the new synopsis. Pretty excited about that. Um, so if you guys don't know about that, uh, Bob could tell you a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah. It's basically a, a week-long extension in that wilderness area. So you can hunt your general season tag and then stay for an extra week after everybody goes home. Giving out fifty tags. It's a big wilderness, so fifty-five. Should, should 50. Be, oh yeah, fifty-five should be a good yeah. hunt. Should be good time. You know, rut usually kicks in really good then. So we're excited about it. And then we got meetings starting um, in a couple weeks here on what we got coming up on the west side. They've they've yeah. uh, made some promises that we're going to get a couple more trad hunts on the west side. So yeah. we go into all those meetings coming right up. So. Yeah, so we're always petitioning for more of those, and if you guys uh, want to get involved in that uh, from whatever state you are, you know, you can reach out to us, and we can give you guys some ideas on um, how to uh, get the ball rolling. It's, it can be a long process, but I think it's great to create opportunity, um, and I think that, that this podcast we have coming up is something a little different, something we haven't done before, and I think these guys are going to talk a little bit about it. Oh, yeah. Well, we're not even on the podcast. <laughs> That's, so if you guys have been, are sick of hearing us, we got some, we got some fresh ones for you. Yeah. This is, uh, Clay's trad camp, Clay Hayes up in Idaho. Uh, so Clay and Andy Ponce are good buddy and Riley Savage, our other good buddy. Uh, they sat down. I made him take the recorder with them since we weren't able to make it up there this year and do a podcast. So. Andy's our, our, uh, basically our host and he did better job than we did. Usually. Yeah. So, uh, might be rooking him in on that some more. So we appreciate those guys. Yeah. Thank in. You. It's just, uh, them sitting around the, 
wall tent BSing, and uh, it's good, good stuff for sure. Let's go check out Clay. He's got a bunch of YouTube stuff going on. He's through his Patreon page. He's giving away. He'll talk about it in here, I think. But he's giving away a a spot in his trad camp next year, and you never know. We might be up there also. So if everything goes well, and so get on his Patreon page and. You know, Andy, he's always building arrows and stuff. He's moving into his house in the next couple of days, so he'll be back in that. Riley is our president of the Traditional Archers of Oregon, and he's the one who keeps us and all our harebrained ideas all organized and dialed, and he's been working his tail off, and just solid guy. So, so lucky to have him, man. We're, that's why we're able to make some, make a difference because of him. So, all these guys, good dudes on here. We appreciate them taking their time and, doing this for us so hopefully you guys enjoy this give us some feedback let us know say hey let's do that more you guys are you guys suck or whatever right yeah yeah let's have <laughs> let's have our friends do podcasts for us yeah <laughs> i love it well yeah thanks again we really appreciate it riley and andy for uh taking the lead on this one for us um and that's a hunt that yeah i i know you've been on the hunt a few times and I'm itching to do it, so hopefully we can make it into camp next year and, and hunt whitetails with those boys. Yeah, I went once, not a few times. Okay, you went one once. One time, was it three years ago? Yeah, it's a good time. Usually there's tons of deer. They talk a little bit. The weather was a little off this year, but it was a blast, man. Always, always good time. So Awesome. Well, don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast. Check us out on Instagram. And support us on Patreon. Uh, help us keep the lights on. We do appreciate it. All right. Well, welcome to the TradQuest podcast. As you can probably tell from my voice, we're going to do something a little different tonight. My name is Andy Ponce, and I'm going to be your guest host. I am uh, sitting in what's come to be known as Trad Camp 2019 up on Notellum Ridge in the No Name Mountain Range. Montana. <laughs> Montana. <laughs> Um, and I'm joined by two guests today. I'll let them introduce themselves. I'll start here over to my left. Riley Savage of Archery Past. And Clay Hayes of... Clay Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> Clay Hayes. Let's see. There's Twisted Stave Media and... Yeah. What else is there? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Just me. A little bit of everything. So we've been up hunting some, uh, late season whitetail. It, uh, it's been a little bit of a different year this year. It has. <laughs> it's been very different. Very different. I don't know if it's global warming or what you want to call it, but uh, we just did not get the weather that we're used to. And uh, definitely haven't seen the deer that we're used to either. No, the, the whole time, at least for the last couple of days, what has been playing over and over in my mind is... You know, you read those articles about some a group of guys getting dropped off on a caribou hunt way out in the middle of nowhere, and there's just no caribou. <laughs> and that is exactly what has happened on this hunt. They're just, it's a very dependent on the weather, and we just didn't get it, and they just aren't here. Yeah. Yeah, this is my third year coming up here um, as your guest, and it's... Uh, past few years have just been awesome every time you go out you're seeing deer after deer and you're getting stock opportunities and multiple shots and 
Uh, seems like everywhere you go, there really isn't a bad place to set up and hunt. And uh, this year, it, it definitely has been different. Um, I've sat my stand for the last five days. Sounds about right. Riley and I have been hunting some stands up on an area that uh, a friend of ours showed us up here. Old EJ, EJ Hyatt from Alaska, who's been hunting this for 20-some years, I believe. Long time. Yeah, he uh, he showed me an area here the first year when we met him, and I set my stand up there, and that's uh, shot my buck out of there, and uh, Trent Wanger shot a buck out of that stand, and so that was my my go-to spot. So Riley and I went up there, and we set stands up, and I've had five does come by me, all out of bow range. <laughs> and how and how many sits? Five five mornings. So we normally get up there before daylight. And we'll sit till noon, and by then, with frozen feet and numb fingers, we come back to the truck and have lunch. That's 40% better than my sits, because I've only seen three in five days right around the corner from you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we'll come usually come back for lunch, and by then we're just kind of bored, and um, I can't sit still that long, so we'll go and hike somewhere. And Well, you can sit still that long if you're seeing deer, but... right. It's yeah. If you were if you were on hunting in public land in Mississippi, that'd be you'd be having a good season. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's one thing Riley and I say is uh, you know compared to the blacktail we have back in Oregon. I mean, we can hunt two or three weeks there and see one to two deer. So this is still ten times better yeah. than any blacktail hunting we've done out there. But uh, it's definitely like I'm telling Riley, it's we normally see a lot more deer than this. Yeah, yeah but it's. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of the guys that's been hunting here for uh, a lot longer than EJ, and he says that he has never seen it like this, never seen it this bad. And it's, I mean, it's middle of December, and I was out there in the bottom of a canyon the other day in my short sleeves. Yeah. Yeah, I've been hunting in my in a t-shirt and, and a sweatshirt, you know, and especially afternoon hours and stuff and the afternoon hikes. There, there are deer around, I'm, you know. They're not they're, the numbers aren't here like they they normally are, but there are a few deer around. But I think the thing that, that even those deer aren't moving. Right. But I mean, we've had we just lined this up perfect for a full moon. Yes. And so you walk out there at night, and it's you know with a little bit of snow cover, you can see. Yeah. Clearly. Oh, yeah. We thought we left a light on outside the other night when we went to bed, yeah. but it was just the moon it's shining just, off it, the snow. It's a perfect storm for a tough hunt. Yes. <laughs> and with all that said, it has still been a blast. <laughs> That's one thing I love about these late season hunts is that um, we're still getting up early, having breakfast and coffee, but you have a little bit of time in the morning to plan on what your day's going to be and and uh wish each other good luck and then you head out and usually back well it's dark by 4 15 we're usually getting back to the truck because it's well past shooting light and hiking out come down to camp and you have a chance to uh eat a good meal and relax for a little bit have some drinks sit around the fire tell lies <laughs> yeah it's the I, I really look forward to this this hunt um for the, the group of guys that come just get getting to hang out but then also when you compare it to elk camp and I don't I'm not sure how you guys elk hunt but elk season for me is an absolute grind mm-hmm. I mean it just wears me out 
because you're getting up at four o'clock, three thirty even, yeah, and taking off hiking in the dark for an hour, and then you're not getting back until and you're rolling back into camp about eight thirty or nine, and then you got to cook dinner and you get, get up the next day and do it all over again, yeah, <laughs> day after day. Yeah, no, elk season is definitely, it's a different tempo, a different pace, and uh, this hunt you can relax a little more and enjoy yourself. And uh, With that said, I did see some elk today. Oh, I've been into, I don't have an elk tag. That's, all, that's the only thing I've been seeing is elk. <laughs> exactly, yeah, now that I don't have a tag, they, they come within bow range, and I actually had a couple cows feeding right to me when I was up in my stand today this afternoon, and... Uh, little interesting i actually had a had a doe come into uh my stand i was uh i'm using a tree saddle for the first time and so it's kind of a learning experience there and uh the more i use those things i like them they're lightweight i was able i i set up well on top of this ridge so i was quite a bit of a hike going up to it and uh had this doe come in behind me and i was able to turn completely around the saddle and and get a shot, and the one time I, I always, almost always wear my arm guard. In fact, my arm guard is, oh, 15 years old and well-worn. And tonight, I, in a rush, because I wanted to get up in the tree, I didn't put it on, and I think I hit my sleeve or my coat. And uh, you can see my arrow kick and hit the tree right next to the doe and shot right over the top of her. So, um we've been getting a little bit of action i've actually had two shots on this hunt and uh haven't done my job <laughs> <laughs> or else we'd be having backstrap for dinner tonight yeah yeah <laughs> i have not got a shot yet i had one opportunity where i where i could have shot um and just you know i had a had a young doe at 20 yards spot and stalk and if it had been a nice buck or even a big doe, I probably would have shot. But it, seeing as how it was a, a young doe, I was, well, I think I can get to 15. Yeah. And just seeing how far I could push it, and I, she busted me. I, I didn't get to 15. Yeah. <laughs> They're so sharp there. I mean, the ground, the, 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 the footing is soft. But, I mean, any when you get that close to a whitetail on the ground, anything that goes wrong is and it's over yeah yeah this is my first time hunting whitetails and i will say they are more spooky or more jumpy than the blacktails i'm used to in the west um but i was promised not promised i was told <laughs> 50 to 100 deer a day something like that and we got 50 to 100 this week and that is 45 to 95 more than i would see <laughs> in the coast range so i'm happy um but with that being said, they are very spooky yeah. from what I'm used to. But, you know, I've only been hunting them for five days now. so. And that's that's part of the decision to make is because when they come in, I mean, that had doe, you know, I had her on video. And when she first came in, and you know, I'm watching her walk in. And, okay, she's at 30, she's at 25, she's at 20. And so it's, it's you know, when do you have, when do you take that shot? You know, the, the, uh, the buck I shot at the other day, I... I first saw him at 60 yards, and he started feeding to me. And so he's coming closer. He's coming closer, and it's it's you know you just kind of have to sit and watch. And and I say you know once they're within your effective range or where you feel comfortable taking the shot, you better take it because you're you're on borrowed time. And they can they can turn around 
and for no reason. In fact, the other day we were Riley and I were hunting on this ridge, and he had this buck coming to him. Yep. And for no reason at all, it, stops, turns around, and goes the other way. It was the perfect <laughs> setup. We were doing a little drive, and Andy was driving him down towards me, but he was, you know, doing a hunt. He just happened to spook a couple of them, and they were coming my way. I did not move. The wind was in my face. He had his nose to the ground, kind of feeding along, and I just needed him to go five more yards to clear a couple trees, and I had my spot already picked. But in the middle of those trees, he stopped, looked up, stared right at me, and I don't know how he saw me. I had a nice tree in my background. (laughs) He, he, uh... Stared at me for a bit and then turned around and walked away. Yeah, I, I don't know where it came from, but he did it. That's what they do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got busted by a doe at about eighty yards the other day, just trying to make a move on her with the wind in my face and everything. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I stepped on a twig or something happened. She happened to look my way and spot me, and mm-hmm. she was gone. I think gone. You, I think you stink too bad. Well, that might be part of it, but it's too cold to go out and take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to go roll around the snow a little bit. Well, you guys are... Y'all have been sitting in the stands, and I I like to walk and spot and stalk. Um, and when there's lots of deer around, you can afford to do that because if... I mean, you, it's a very low-odds way of hunting. But the odds are okay when you, when you get three or four stalks a day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, multiple opportunities. But I, I've had maybe... I've, I've had three good stalks this for the last whatever eight nine ten days yeah that makes it pretty tough yeah yeah but i mean if it were easy everybody would be doing it yep now now, the uh one thing i do want to try i i like to walk around i like to cover country but that tree saddle's got me intrigued because there are so many places that look really good like i you know i want to i'd like to set up here for just a little while you know yeah an hour half an hour whatever but this this country oftentimes very open and it's like a lot of times you can if you can get some ponderosa pines or something like that in a group you can stand by one and then have you know if the deer walks behind one then you have an opportunity to shoot or to draw but so often it's so open that you can stand by one pine and the next one's well beyond your shooting yep. range so there's there's nothing that, for that deer to walk behind to give you an opportunity right. and so that tree saddle would be a ideal but don't sell yourself short it, it's not only open but it's really steep oh it's, it's and you're starting at the bottom and going up to the top and oh, we yeah. see you at the top right so yeah <laughs> yeah so that 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 is one of the reasons why i got that tree saddle um you know uh, a friend of mine told me kind of turned me on to him uh and then james James uh, had talked about it, and then I got a hold of uh, Drew from Selway, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Mm-hmm. He told me who to contact, and so I'm I'm running a trophy line right now, and uh, there's there's definitely a learning curve to it. I've only been in it three different times, and uh, I like how light it is because, like he says, it's steep. So hiking that thing up, I'm I'm I, yeah, you're not you're not gonna walk up this ridge with a 20 pound lock no. on on your back. No, and and so you know where. Uh, I sat in my in my hang on tree stand for this whole week, uh, but that's a flat walk. I'm walking out an old skid road, and we're what half a mile off the yep. road, yep. and it's pretty level. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a little bit of a climb, but we're talking maybe 50 feet in elevation of a climb. No big deal. So I can pack that, no problem. But doing what I did this afternoon, where I climbed probably 500 feet, 
um, is different. And then the hike that you did yesterday, coming from the river all the way up to the top, I mean, what, 2,000 feet in elevation you probably did? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was over that. Yeah, so, in fact, yeah, you're right, because where we were sitting there having lunch was at 30, 32. <laughs> and I bet you the river's set I, at zero. <laughs> I, I think I, get, I, I climbed almost 3,000 yeah. yesterday and then I went you're made, right. a, made a loop of I don't know how many miles, but... I was just trying to find something, anything. Right. Something. <laughs> right. So, no, and I, I've been in this country, and it's steep, and uh, those whitetails are up in those steep areas. Oh, they're, uh, they're in... I in mean, fact, that uh, your last video where you're putting the stock on that big buck, mm-hmm. I came up in the draw right next to you, and uh, I almost screwed you up big time. I actually saw you, and I, I whistled at you to wave to you, and then I noticed you were walking... Like you were stalking on something, and I sent back down, fortunately, and the buck didn't hear me. I could have really dorked that one up. <laughs> that was, so, yeah. That, it, I mean, it, 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 the, the outcome would have been the same. <laughs> I would have just had something to give you hell about. <laughs> but as steep as that country is, that's why I'm thinking this tree saddle might be the ticket. Yeah. Because it, uh, it is. There's a lot of times where we're catching the deer moving and if you can get in front of them mm-hmm. like you say and get up into a tree where you have room to draw because for the most part they're looking on the ground they're looking on the ground for yep. for trouble for predators and if you can just get up well our friend EJ he sets up about 10 feet if that sometimes off the road in fact he kind of jokes he has to pick his feet up to let the cars go underneath because you know <laughs> he's 74 78 78 he's up still hunting by himself by himself in a self climber with a longbow. With a longbow, yeah. He is, uh, yeah, he's he's my hero for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he sets up real close to the road so that, you know, one, he can get to a stand, and two, if he happens to shoot one, he can actually get it back to the truck by himself. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so he kind of turned us on to that. But If he happens to shoot one, he sounds pretty successful, actually. Yes, actually, he has, <laughs> uh, he has pulled his little flip phone out and showed us some of the pictures of the monsters he's gotten out of here and... Uh, like he told Bob and I that first year, well, if you shoot the little ones, you can't, you won't get a chance at the big ones. So he holds <laughs> out, and he's he's gotten there to prove it. So uh, hopefully one of these days Bob can get him on the podcast for you guys. It'd be a real treat to listen to EJ. He's uh, lived a lifetime of hunting, uh, lived up in Alaska. and Bush pilot. Bush pilot, yep. Uh, we, we really enjoy having him come around, and it's always a treat to see him. He's come to camp here and joined us for dinner, and... When you get him to open up, he's he's got some a, stories. He's lived a life, yeah. He's he's got some great stories. So, uh, so yeah, this is the end of the 2019 season for us. That's correct. It's uh, my year has been a little, little compressed. It's it's it was really good in the fact that my son was nine and I was able to uh, take him out uh, in Oregon. He can hunt on my tag on a mentor program, so I I was able to. I uh, got him a rifle tag. I bought a rifle deer tag for the first time in 20-some years because I've always archery hunted. But uh, got him out for about five days and hunted a lot less elk than I normally do because we're building a house. So um, you guys haven't seen me post on Instagram or social media hardly at all because I've been working on my house every day. And so my wife, uh, fortunately, is very supportive and let me out for this week and actually told Riley to keep me through the weekend if I can because it, it was more than let him out it was pushed him out <laughs> yeah she uh, I think I was at home driving her nuts because I was working on the house and just yeah wishing I could be out hunting and uh, 
It is different though, because once now that I've had Owen out there with me a couple times, and it's, it was warm enough this trip for sure. I was like, man, I wish he was here. <laughs> he would have a blast watching all these deer, and he he actually can keep up with me. He uh, he never complains when we're out hiking. The only thing he'll tell me is, hey, you you, you got to slow down a little bit. You you take too long of steps. <laughs> sounds like EJ. Me. Yeah, sounds like EJ. Yeah, exactly. Um, so hopefully one of these years he uh, he's getting there. He'll be old enough to come out here with us here soon. But uh, so a little compressed season for me. How was your season this year? Did you uh, did you get out much for elk? Yeah, we were out. Uh, well, I took the whole family to elk camp this year, and that was so that was new. Um, both kids, Liz and the dog, and the dog. <laughs> <laughs> so we went out and spent. I don't know. I don't remember how long we were there. I don't keep track of time. Um, Fourteen. 15 days something like that I think I shot my elk on I think the 13th day or something and uh, went back to camp and got my youngest son Finn and he came out for the final tracking job with me and was just it was pretty awesome to have him yeah. there yeah so he he's he's a trooper man he'll he I don't have to slow down for him at all. He can he can get right up those hills, and his inseam is half of what mine is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, the, the it is it adds a whole different element when you can get the the young ones out there with you, and it is just it's fun. I I enjoy hunting now way more than I did before uh, with Owen. You yep. know, I'm finally to that point. All those times where I'd be in a, a neat place or a place where it just you know it's special just for scenery and just what you're experiencing wishing you know man i wish he was old enough to be here to experience yep. this he's finally there so mm-hmm. um you know this 2020 is gonna gonna be big for me but uh for the listeners if you have not seen clay's video you need to check out youtube that video is on there of your hunt of this year hunt. you can see finn uh there on the tracking job and the the pack out um and hopefully i i uh hopefully liz listens to this because we had some of that elk roast yesterday and it finally dawned on me there's a there's a shot of her packing out a hindquarter i think it was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not only she packed that out but she made this roast that you cooked up uh two days ago that was absolutely <laughs> fabulous so uh you definitely like we told you you married you married the unicorn there she does it all <laughs> man <laughs> that is awesome i did get somehow got lucky on that one yeah yeah riley how was your season did you oh it was good yeah Yep, we uh, focused deer in the uh, traditional only season there in the Trout Creek Mountains of uh, Oregon. It was uh, pretty good this year compared to years, the last couple of years. Um, didn't connect, but that's not unusual for me. <laughs> uh, but no, elk season, what you're talking about with the kids, um, I went out to the coast range with by myself a few times and come home and tell a few stories and tell the kids, you know, saw an elk here, saw a deer there. Also saw a few rabbits, and boom, their eyes just light up. Well, I want to go shoot a rabbit, Daddy. All right, grab your bows. We'll take you out tomorrow. And we go out there, and even though it's the middle of elk season, the kids are with me. I was more focused on rabbits than I was right. than I was elk. And I got them both shots, but they take after their dad. So, <laughs> so they whiffed it. Yeah. Um, we didn't see elk that day, but but I got them both shots at rabbits, and they, you know they just had a blast, and... Again, when we get home, that's all they talk about is, will you take me out again? Will you take yeah. me out again? Yeah. Well, you got it, kids. No problem. We'll we'll go next time, and uh, we'll get you another shot of rabbit. But uh, 
hopefully you take after someone else besides dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and that, that is something I noticed that, you know, when I was out with Owen, not, not, we were out elk hunting, and he actually can bugle very well with his voice, you know, so he was packing the bugle tube, but because of him, I was starting to notice the squirrels and the chipmunks, mm-hmm. yep. you know, and, uh, you know, he, he actually spotted five grouse before they flushed on us <laughs> this year, you know, and, and so he's just looking at different things than what I am, and so you, you get to appreciate that much more, and and uh, hopefully next year he'll uh, connect on one of those grouse. He actually dequivered on two of them going down the road, you know. And it was to the point uh, I got a little video on my cell phone. He uh, he shot all five of his arrows. He's got a little Selway quiver, and so he shot all five. And then he was picking up arrows as he was getting up to him to take more shots. Like he got seven shots in total at him. <laughs> so it was great. That's awesome. So, what uh, what's on the plans for twenty twenty? Well, we are headed down to Florida early January, and I've got some I've got some places to hog hunt down there uh, with with other with friends, but I don't have a place that I can call my own. So I where I would feel comfortable taking people, you know, and inviting folks down to hunt. But I have got some I've got my eye on some places. I've been nice. scouring some aerial photographs and i think i've got uh, a couple of spots picked out that look like they're going to be really good um so i'm gonna i'm kind of chomping at the bit to get down there and and scout out some of those areas because i i love hog hunting if you need a test pilot or guinea pig (laughs) (laughs) let me know (laughs) yeah if it's uh if those places are as good as they look then uh yeah you guys can come on down there and Get out of the, get out of the wet cold for a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be uh, I'll be in your area around March. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see if we can hook up. Uh, be going down there for the big game classic there, Compton's there. Uh, March eighteenth, uh, I believe, mm-hmm. is when that is, or at least that week. I think that's when I fly out. So, um, so you're gonna be doing hogs. What else? When when do you think you'll? Because you're going, you're splitting time again between Florida and Idaho, correct? Yep. Yes, we'll be down in Florida until uh, late May. Uh, we're gonna we're we're gonna drive back up to Idaho and hit the BHA rendezvous in Missoula on the way back. Cool. Okay. I think that's I think that's the first weekend in June. I, I can't yeah, remember. I that. think they pushed it back a little bit. Yeah. So that so we'll be back in Idaho shortly after that. Okay. But uh, between. Between now and then, there's going to be a lot of hog hunting and a lot of saltwater fishing. Good. <laughs> and you're going to be videoing the saltwater fishing, too? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'll, I'll be looking forward to watching that. I, I think, I don't remember what dates. It's sometime in April, I think. I've got, uh, I'm going to meet up with Flip down there in central Florida. And th- we went. we tried to do this last year, but in the St. Johns River, there's giant tilapia. Oh, yeah. Like ma- huge tilapia, and uh, but and we tried it last year, but the water was a little too murky, and we I got a few shots, but they're they're real spooky, and uh, didn't get any. But we're gonna try it again uh, this next year, so hopefully we'll have some good bow fishing stuff too. Let's make some good th- tacos, fish tacos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You got to use corn tortillas, though. None of the flour stuff. Yeah. <laughs> These guys always like it when they uh, speak in Spanish. <laughs> I'm hoping we can try it. Yeah. We got, uh, so 
a couple of years ago, I helped Flip make a bow down there. We went. We, I was hog hunting with him and took a Osage stave down there. And uh, the tiller wasn't quite right on it, so last time I was down there, I grabbed it and brought it back up here, um, reworked the bow, backed it with shark skin, and then sent it back down there to him. And he's been, so he's been shooting that, and he sent me a link to a, a little video that he had done with Mad River Outfitters, um, I, I don't, not very long ago, uh, that shows him shooting that bow, and he's. Uh, it's he shoots it well. Good. It looks good. But I better get his arrows finished. <laughs> yeah, you better get him some arrows finished. <laughs> How long would draw does he have with that self bow? Thirty one. Yeah. Wow. Thirty one inch draw. I, I tilted it out. Uh, so it's a six. Um, yeah, sixty four inch overall length, and uh, tilted it out to fifty at thirty one, which is what he said he wanted. Yep. So hopefully uh, we can. We can get him shooting a pig with it. Yeah, that's one thing we were we were talking about the other day. I think you're one of the only self bow guys I know that comes to their actual full draw. And <laughs> I've uh, I've got a 29 inch draw normally, and I've broken two self bows. Um, I finally made one with uh, with Carson that I came up here and shot that buck with, and that's so far is the only self bow I've ever been able to draw a full 29 and not uh, not have it snap or break. I've, like I said, I even broke a bamboo backed one 64 inches long. <laughs> so yeah, I have not had good luck. Well, I build, stuff, so. I mean, my bows have to be able to they, they, they have to be able to withstand the type of shooting I do and the type of hunting that I do. Yeah. And that's I mean, a lot of the guy, a lot of guys will, are real hesitant to leave a bow strung a self bow strung um, like all day, but I mean, when I'm elk hunting, that thing will stay strung 12, 14 hours a day, and I don't hesitate, you know, to leave it strung like that. Um, and I draw it, and I hold it, and I'll hold that sucker for as long as I need to. I've seen you. Know, you. <laughs> I've seen you do 15, it. Fifteen seconds if needed. Wow. But yeah, they, I just build them, and they they work. What do you do for moisture? Keep the moisture out of there. I like, uh, well, moisture can be kind of a um, a tricky thing. It can be, you can drive the moisture down and get better performance, but you also run the risk of making it a little bit more brittle when you do that. Um, and so what I generally recommend for a beginner is, you know, get your moisture somewhere around 9% something like that well i mean also how you how do you seal it what are you using for sealer because well, i mean we're out here it's raining yeah it's okay. snowing it's you you don't seem to baby your bows by any means <laughs> i've seen how you treat it so i mean that's one thing i've been impressed with with your bows is they hold up yeah so i i um so i drive the moisture content down pretty low like four or five percent in my osage bows and then i see it which is well below the ambient you know, if you were just to leave that wood there, it would so it would probably get back up to nine, ten percent, something like that, in most climates. Um, but I drive it down and then I sand it off and seal it with about five or six coats of true oil, and that's yep. it. All right. So, you said you go back and forth from Idaho to Florida. Yep. And there's a lot different climate in Idaho than there is Florida. Do you have to treat the bows differently? No. Okay. No. And I hunt. I mean, I the bow that I've been hunting with this week is uh, sinew backed little 62 inch sinew back recurve osage recurve and 
I mean, I'll hunt with a sinew bow in Florida in the pouring down rain and 90% humidity and don't ever have any issues at all with it. But I don't put, generally, I don't put a lot of sinew on my bows because I think it, it can be impacted by temperature and humidity if you really pile it on there, but I tend to go pretty sparse on it. Okay. That's good to know because that's one thing I've always I've heard, you know, in Oregon when it's raining sideways, especially when we're blacktail hunting, I mean, if we waited for a dry day, we'd never be able to leave the house. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, so uh, moisture, not only, you know, most guys worry about feathers, but I know that when you're shooting self-bows, that's always been a, a concern. Uh, yeah, if you, you know, I mean, there's there, there, it, there's a lot of different sealers you can put on there. I mean, and there uh, there's some that are just absolutely impervious to water. They're not primitive by any right. means, but they they work. And I treat mine just. I mean, I don't treat it any different than a laminate bow. Right. So how many bows? And this is something that you. Uh, either posted something or you had it on one of your videos about you know because i said this is the end of the 2019 season you know so um for myself i'm probably not going to go back out hunting until maybe turkey uh or spring bear so i'm looking april may there's quite a few months in between where you get a little bit of cabin fever and go stir crazy and and you posted that i think on on uh, it's either social media you said on your video you're asking hey what do you guys do to get through that to get through that that spell of no nothing out there to chase and you know you either hunt for sheds or you scout or uh, you said you build bows how many bows a year do you build ballpark I, <laughs> I really don't know um, I usually I give probably eight eight or ten bow classes a year and I always build a bow along with the class and then I just build bows. If I get inspired to build something, I build a bow. I don't know. I probably build fifteen or twenty a year, maybe, um, which is a lot fewer than I did when I first got started. Um, when I first got started in the bow building, I, I don't. I probably built. I don't know. I probably built a hundred bows that in that first year. Wow. Um, just trying because I was absolutely I just eaten up with it. Right. And um, I've got a, a buddy that came and took a class with me, David Young, and he's he he's the same damn way. He, he's uh, <laughs> since since he came to my house and built his first bow. I bet it's probably been a year ago. I bet he's built fifty. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's some um, absolutely amazing static uh, view recurves. I mean, he's he's really kicking butt with it. Yeah, and pushing the limits of what that. I mean, he's broken quite a few. Yeah, but that's how you find that's, your limits. Yep. You know, you can't never. You, you can never really find out what you're capable of until you go beyond. You know. So is that what I was doing then when I first when I broke oh, yeah. the first two? <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many bows I've broken, and I still break. I still break bows because I'm trying new things. I'm trying. You know, if you if you if if I was to only build. 66 inch longbows I'd never break another bow right you know but if like the la um, last one of the last classes I did in Florida I built a little Osage recurve I think it was 56 inches overall and I was drawing that thing to 29 inches and that's 
you know, for a self, unbacked self boat, that's man, that's a pretty stress. long trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what I'm shooting right now in my fiberglass boat. That, you know, yeah. Trent made me 56 inch out of a self boat. That's amazing. Yeah. So if you made 100 bows that first year, and now you're at I had no 15 ish. How, how many you got hanging ask. on the wall today, though? Oh, how many? I don't know. That probably. I between the two had, houses, between yeah. I know and Florida, <laughs> I probably have ten that are hanging around. So where'd the other 150 go? I'd give them away. I don't know. They just go away. <laughs> <laughs> they just walk off somehow. That's cool. Yeah. Now, and you, you uh, might as well talk about that since we're talking about all this bow building. So you teach classes. How many classes do you do you do? Um, I don't know. Liz takes care of all that she does all the scheduling and stuff um and then she puts it on my calendar (laughs) um but all that the dates are on the web my website um but we're probably doing seven classes this year okay we'll do a couple down in northwest florida and then starting in june i don't know if we're doing one in june but certainly in in july um We'll, we'll come back up to Idaho and give them up there. And so for the folks that can't either fit the time in to go to your class in person or get on your schedule, you just had another project come out to, to help with that, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I just released a three-disc DVD set that is uh, like almost maybe over four hours. It's right around four hours of bow building content that goes through the whole process. I mean, from picking out a stave and talking about all the different things to look for in a stave um, right on through you know reflexing the tips and tillering it out and taking care of the bow and and all of that stuff Um, so that just came out you get that on my website Um, and then I guess Three Rivers will be carrying it before too long and in addition to that I've got my Patreon site and that has all of that same content, plus it has uh, videos on making a two-piece takedown, uh, sinew backing, making recurves, white wood bows. There's probably seven hours of, of video content on there that's about bow building. So how do we access that? How do, how do the listeners find all that stuff? Do they just go to, is it clayhaze.com? Uh, the, the DVD and my book is on twistedstave.com. Yeah. And then the Patreon site is patreon.com forward slash Clay Hayes. Clay Hayes, okay. Yep. And I can find all that stuff there. Yep. All right. Riley, what do you got going for 2020? Well, <laughs> I'm uh, pretty heavily involved with the Oregon uh, art, traditional archery uh, clubs. So, traditional archers of Oregon, we've got a banquet coming in February 1st, so i got a lot of planning to do for that. Um, plus, I uh, run Archery Past, so a lot of folks do a lot of their, their bow building and their arrow building and all that, just re- retooling up in the wintertime. So, they come to me for points, knocks, shafts, all the good stuff, whatever you need to make your gear and get you ready for 2020. Um, but, as far as hunts go... Uh, Oregon just got a new traditional only elk hunt which is the week after the regular season uh, it's only 50 tags and it's but it's and it's only in a wilderness area so it really really gives you that full wilderness experience since you have to use primitive weapons 
Um, so we're really looking forward to that, and it'll actually extend your archery season from four weeks to five weeks if, if you happen to be one of the lucky 50 people to draw that tag. So I'm really looking forward to that, along with doing the, um, the mule deer hunt in southeastern Oregon that I do every single year. And then next year, 2021, I can't wait until we're going to get two more traditional-only hunts on the west side of Oregon. So that'll make four total. And I I don't know that I can hit all four of them, but I'm going to try. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can't wait for that. So what kind of odds are you expecting? Like, what do you think? Out of those 50 tags? Yeah, like how many people do you think are going to put in for those? Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people that I've never met before talk about it. Yeah. Uh, they, for some I guess reason... you'll just have to see. Yeah. Yeah. So it... The interest is a lot higher than I expect it to be. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's going to be that way. I would guess if you have a preference point or two, and, and it, you put in for first choice, you get it. And is that uh, the units that I'm not familiar with right. that stuff right. over there at all? But is that like a, a desi- highly desirable unit, like a right. trophy? Uh, it's not your number one trophy unit, but it's not garbage either. It's yeah. kind of a tweener. There's some yeah. there's some good elk hunt in there. I, that's what I, I hunt all around there during the regular season. Yeah. And so it seems like the season always ends right when the rut is kicking off. So to have that extra yeah. week in your pocket, it will be huge. And getting the other hunters out of there yes, too. Yes, you get yeah. all that pressure out of there. Oh man, that's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yes, so yeah. it will be nice. And and just to be fair, Riley said he's heavily involved in TAO. He he is actually our president, and i got to say he has been doing a great job. Um, I'm, uh, I'm one of the officers, and I try to keep up with him as much as I can, and uh, so does Bob and James. We... We all try to help Riley out with uh, with the club, but he has just been on fire, and that's why we've been able to get those uh, traditional only hunts and, and get in front of the game commission and make some positive changes. So, thank you yeah. for doing that. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's, well, he's being humble about guys. it, but uh, yeah, he the uh, the board and uh, is he has our full support because he's just very well organized and is really doing some good things for us there in the in Oregon with the traditional community. Um, so as you heard too, I wanted I want to mention this. He uh, he does own archery past. Um, if you go to a shoot in the Pacific Northwest, you'll probably see Riley and I set up right next to each other. <laughs> so for the folks that are seeing us, don't feel weird to come into my booth and then turn around and go right to Riley's and then go back and forth. I actually uh, had somebody come up to me at, at one of the shoots this last year and say, "Man, doesn't he hate it when he's set up next to him?" I'm like, um. No, actually, he saved my spot. <laughs> you know, and so um, we really don't see each other as competition. We're more friends, and uh, half the time, or most of the time, my wife and I will invite Riley and his dad over for for dinner with us at those shoots. And like I said he's we uh, traveled over here together to this hunt and stuff. And so um, hopefully, you guys understand that we're we're not competition. We're we're friends, right. and we're doing the same thing. And so we uh, we want you to come to both of our booths and. If I don't have what you're looking for, I will usually show you where it's at in Riley's trailer <laughs> yeah, and, and vice versa. <laughs> so uh, we do our best to carry different uh, different uh, brand names and items and stuff so you can find everything you need when we are set up right next to each other, and that's why we do that. So, yep. yep. Um, yeah. So, and you just launched your uh, your website. I did. It. Uh, I've had the business for a while now, but computers aren't my thing. So I finally got on board with the website. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's archerypast.com. That's P-A-S-T, like 
future history past. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun thing now that I've got it up and running, and you, you get contacted with people you never would have noticed before. It's a lot of work. It's amazing. Yep. It's amazing, especially when you start running ad uh, advertisements in magazines and uh, other places. They you get calls just out of the blue. Yeah. Hey, I saw your ad wherever. Oh, yeah. good to talk to you. Make new friends clear across the country. I know folks in Virginia and Texas and Illinois and everywhere else now. Yep. It's a great deal. <laughs> my favorite is when they call up and ask for a catalog. Yeah. <laughs> well, didn't you just get my phone number off the website? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, all right. Well, there is possibly going to be an opportunity for folks to join us at Trad Camp 2020. Yep. So, oh, well, the, I've, so on my Patreon site, you know, the, these, those are the guys um, that they're signed up there on Patreon. And a lot of the guys are signed up for the bow building stuff, but then there's a lot of other guys that sign up just because they want to help support the videos that I do. I mean, I do... I've been putting out educational stuff on art, traditional archery, bow hunting, bow building for almost a decade. It probably has been a decade. Um, and as a way to say thank you to those guys, I am think I'm planning on giving away two hunts. One would be a spot at this camp and this is not a guided hunt by the way. <laughs> no. this, is, this is just a bunk in camp. Uh, but it is um, usually a very very good hunt um, and I don't have the details on this yet but I should have something here shortly after the first of the year. So that'll be one hunt and then the other one would be uh, a pig hunt down in Florida. Um and that would be contingent on me f figuring out if those spots that I have my eye on are, are good enough. But I'll, I'll put out some details on this um, sh uh, shortly after I get to Florida and am able to, to scout out those locations. Um, I'll put that out on Instagram and Facebook and wherever. But might, might even do a YouTube video on it or something. Sweet. Sweet. So, folks, keep that in mind. If it's something you're interested in and you're not uh, uh, on Clay's uh, Patreon page, uh, give that a thought of going over there. This camp, even with the down deer numbers we have, it is this year, it is so much fun just to hang out and uh, get away from it all. We, uh, a lot of times, we'll set up lights and shoot targets after, uh, you know, after dark here to stay sharp. We eat well. We sleep well. It, uh, it's, this has always been the highlight, one of the highlight hunts for me every year. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm thrilled that you made that offer to us three years ago and stuff. And I, I remember calling you, I think, uh, we saw you at Western States, it was, when you first offered this up. And I called you, and I think it was in July or first part of August. I'm like, hey, did you, did you really mean that? Because <laughs> we, we want to come over. And you're like, yeah. And I'll tell you what, it was, it was a great time. We yeah. had a, a big camp, and yeah, it was that first camp. year we had, uh, what, four deer, five deer. Yeah, five deer in camp. Five deer with how many? How many hunters we have? Seven. Seven. Yeah, that's pretty good for stick bows. Yep, yep. And we, you know, nightly routine is we're sharpening broadheads, <laughs> <laughs> touching up broadheads, and and having a good time. Everybody takes a turn cooking and stuff. And so, uh, if it's something you're interested in, uh, go over to the Patreon page, sign up for that, and uh, keep an eye on Clay's uh, social media, and you can find you at. Uh, Instagram, you're Clay Hayes Hunter. Yep. yep. And uh, are you on Facebook? 
Uh, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> but go to Instagram. <laughs> go to Instagram. Yeah. Facebook. I don't know. I, yeah. The website, or better yet, keep an eye on his YouTube channel. If not, if nothing else, he puts out a video just about every week. It's yep. entertaining there. But if he does do a video, we'll do that and. I'll even promise to cook a good meal or two for you. I'm, uh, I'm going to plan on coming up a couple days early before the hunt starts next year so we can set up a good camp and and uh, get it all dialed in. And like he says, it isn't a guided hunt, but we'll be able to show you, put you on some deer, and uh, set you up. And Yeah, it's any year but this year, you would just point in any direction and walk, and you will find deer. Yes. <laughs> With that being said, I've seen 100 deer this week, so... It was still good, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and I, I mean, I've had two shots and stuff. And, yeah, and uh, you know, like uh, one of the former uh, uh, people that was on the podcast, Mike Barry, says you just got to keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you walk around here long enough, you're you're bound to get a shot mm-hmm. and stuff. So, well, I think that's a wrap. You guys got so. anything to add? Any closing statements? Nope. See Enjoyed you. it, fellas. Thanks See for having us. Twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. If uh, if you like me as a guest or you don't, let Bob and James know. And <laughs> give them a hard time for not making camp. But uh, I hope you enjoyed this, and we'll catch you on the next one. Once again, we'd like to thank all the listeners. Don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, apparently, one of our listeners has let me know that we're on iHeartRadio now, which... I don't know how we got on there, and I'm not even sure what iHeartRadio is, but if you guys listen to podcasts on there, I've been recently informed that we are on there. So you can check us out there, just like you can check us out on Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, or wherever you catch your podcasts. So spread the word for us on that. Check us out on Instagram, and keep the wind in your face, pick a spot, and shoot straight. Thank you.